This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon, uh, another in my series of podcasts featuring city council candidates. Today we feature Samantha Chapman. She is a Democrat candidate for Fishers City Council in the Northeast District. Samantha, welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation, Larry. I am so excited to be here. And uh, Mike Fossil is joining me again, retired teacher at Fishers Junior High School. His We the People teams uh, won several national championships. Good to have you back, Mike. Well, thank you for inviting me. We are uh, here to talk about the city council race. And uh, your name is a new one in in Fisher's politics. So what I'd like to do to start off, just uh, spend a minute or two and just uh, talk about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. So um, again, my name is Samantha Chapman, and I'm running for Fisher City Council in the Northeast District. I'm an attorney, Um, And I work as the Indiana State Director for the Humane Society of the United States, where I advocate um, for animals at both the state and the local level. I work at the state house routinely, and I also work with uh, local elected officials throughout the state um, to enact laws that better protect animals from cats, dogs, to tigers, bears, all of the above. Um, It's one of my uh, greatest joys, and it's such a passion that's really combined my, my legal skills and advocacy with just my love for animals. So... Um, And I moved to Fishers um, last fall because I um, was looking for a community that was very safe, that had amazing parks and trails. And Fishers is such a growing space, and um, I'm really excited to call it my home. so I'm, I'm new to Fishers, but I'm not new to the political world, and, and I have a lot of experience related to that, and I'm really excited to work with the good people of Fishers in the Northeast District to advocate on behalf of my neighbors. Well, yes, and, and obviously you know how to deal with uh, government from a, a legislative uh, advocacy point of view, but this is your first time in elective politics. So why did you decide to take this route? Why the Fisher City Council? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. So I've always been interested in government. Um, I actually started out in student government when I was in high school. And um, interestingly, I was a we the people kid. Oh, um, okay. And so I, I actually, you know, I was a really shy high school student who um, really liked history and writing. But um, I took Keith Potter's um, We the People class at Homestead High School in 2008, and it changed my life. I loved learning about the Constitution. I became very passionate about law. And I really have found a niche, I think, in um, changing policy. And so I've always been interested in government, how that works with, um, you know, elected officials and and people making a difference. Um, But it's sort of come to fruition here in Fishers um, because I I believe that my neighbors believe it or I believe that my neighbors deserve a choice in the election. And so um, I, you know, I think that I have a fresh new perspective to bring. And so After working across the state the last four years with local elected officials, I realized very quickly that the biggest impact that um, I can have or that others can have is local government. Um, I think people think a lot about the federal level and and all of that's going on with the presidential elections, but I think what they don't realize is that you know, in their own backyard and their local government is really where they can have the biggest impact and their voices heard. 
And so that's something I'm really committed to and passionate about and why I decided to run, because I think not only do people deserve a choice at the ballot box, but they also, um, you know, should be involved and engaged with their elected officials. And I hope to to bring that perspective when I'm elected to the city council. And just for people who don't know, We the People is a competition among schools about civic knowledge. And um, obviously, Mike was a coach for years. I was a volunteer uh, uh, coach. You know, for a number of teams, and, and it was a great experience for me. Next question for Mike Fossil. Well, first off, I know Keith Potter, and he, I've worked with him for years, and your program that you came out of, obviously, big impact. I'm a huge supporter of the idea. I think it changes kids' lives, too. Um, but anyway, uh, normally I would ask uh, what drove you towards politics, but it's obvious why. But what I'm interested in then is that, you know, you're on more of the advocacy side right now. Sure. But when you get into a legislative-like position on the city council, well, then your filter changes. And if you thought about all these requests that come to you, what kind of filter are you going to use when you evaluate requests that come to you? You know, what's your filter going to look like? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very great question. So in my current job, and this is related to your question, I always ask myself, what is my why? Why am I doing this? And I always think it's about protecting the animals, right? So for this elected of, uh, elected office, um, my why is my neighbors and my why is my community. And so any type of request that I get it's going to be about my neighbors and my community. There's obviously a lot of different interest groups, um, folks that have um, you know, their own issue or the interest across the state. But at the end of the day, it is about the neighbors in the Northeast District, and that's who I'm elected to represent. That is my why, making Fishers a better and safer and more inclusive place for them to live, for them to raise their kids and their families to have an amazing quality of life. So that's the filter that I will use when I'm elected. I believe that that's my why and that's the most important thing um, when voting. And, I, and I've and i been knocking a lot of doors and I've been talking to neighbors and I've told them, I said, you know, I want to be accessible, accessible to you. I want to be available. I want to hear from you. And I want your voice to be informed when I vote on the city council. As the uh, state director for the Humane Society, you will obviously have a love for animals. How did that develop? It's a great question. So when I was growing up, my parents actually rescued greyhounds from racing tracks. And so grew up with a lot of pets. We always had, you know, a cat and a dog. But my parents kind of started that, you know, interest in me at a very young age. Um, but what really changed my life um, is when I started to learn about puppy mills when I was in high school and just started to understand the cruelty behind the cuteness of puppies that are sold in pet stores and started to learn more about actually the work that the Humane Society of the United States did. Um, and, you know, I went to law school, kind of, you know, always had a passion for animals, but got a little bit busy. But um, after I had my first job working for the Court of Appeals, I had some time and I adopted a senior um, miniature poodle from Southside Animal Shelter. And he was a special needs dog. He was a lot older than I had expected. And he really changed my life. I started to get more involved volunteering in animal welfare. 
um, I started to connect with folks who were very passionate about advocacy. And um, as a result, I ended up, you know, attending a bar association event um, related to animal law and meeting um, the former Indiana State Director of the Humane Society and started volunteering as a policy volunteer where I was talking to my state rep and my state senator about animal protection issues. And she stepped away a couple years later after she, you know, had her her third child and the position became available. And um, I just, the rest is history, but it's, I really do feel like I've found my, my passion and my place um, in this world. And I do care about animals, but I also have to say like a lot of my job is working with people because animals don't have voices. And so really what my job entails is working with a lot of people that care about animals and we work together to find solutions to be able to protect animals. So I see this very similarly as running and being elected for a city council position where you're working with your neighbors um, and your constituents to find solutions for fishers. So I think it's very like hand in hand and what I, I'm used to doing and what I'm passionate about doing, and I'm very committed to that goal. You know, it's interesting when you look at, like, voter turnout rates and party affiliations and that kind of stuff, I think sometimes it masks a little bit of who your constituents are, right? And so you've been knocking on doors. What have you learned by knocking on doors about what issues uh, your neighbors are looking at and saying, this is important to me? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great question. So Do we the people training? Yes. No, I love, I love it. I love your questions. This is amazing. So I would say that the biggest concern when I'm talking to people at doors is overpopulation and overgrowth. I think people are very excited about the future of fishers, but they want to make sure that our community is growing in a responsible way that takes into consideration uh, noise and traffic and pollution in our green spaces. Because I think a lot of people here in fishers really do care about wildlife, habitat, Cats, um, having access to amazing trails and parks, um, and just making sure that you know we're we're being um, just careful and mindful about how our community is growing and doing that in a way that is um, sustainable, you know, moving forward. So that's the biggest issue, you know, that I'm hearing. Um, I also hear, you know, that. You know, I've talked to some older um, members in the community that are interested in having more. Um, programming in parks, you know, for older adults that, you know, maybe a lot of it's, you know, um, targeted to families and children, but also, you know, considering our neighbors that are older um, that live in Fishers and and that want to have some different opportunities that way. Um, certainly, I'm also hearing a lot about, um, you know, the, the relevant issues with the school board and the library board right now. I think folks are really... Um, protective of our HSC schools as they should be because our schools are, you know, top six in the state. And I think people are really just concerned about their kids getting a quality education. And while the city council does not have a direct role over that, you know, I'm certainly supportive of the HSC referendum and very supportive of our schools, our students and our teachers and staff as well. On your website, you cite some of your endorsements. There are a couple that caught my eye. One was from Moms De- excuse me, <clears throat> Moms Demand Action. That's a group that has lobbied uh, for changes in gun laws. And the other group that's endorsed you was Run for Something. Yes. And I, I know a little bit about them. They are just urging citizens who maybe have not been as engaged to, to get on the ballot and run for office. Uh, Tell us why you highlighted those two endorsements. Yeah, absolutely. So for Run run for Something, I was really called to apply for that endorsement because it's um, getting younger people into elected office. And I, I do believe that um, folks of my generation are the future in terms of politics. And 
I know a lot of, you know, my friends and colleagues that are just, you know, they get so frustrated or they just, you know, kind of t- tune it out. And and my solution has been to step up. And so I have a lot of new energy and um, a new perspective. And so the Run for Something endorsement really is is committed to getting, um, you know, younger folks or tr- untraditional candidates elected into office. And I'm a first-time candidate, so this has all been very new to me. So they provide a lot of training and resources for folks who are new um, to, you know, being a candidate, which has been incredibly helpful. Um, So the Moms Demand Action uh, Gun Sense candidate uh, questionnaire and and endorsement I applied for um, because I do believe um, in responsible gun ownership. Um, You know, certainly I believe that we, you know, have a Second Amendment right, um, but I think that there are some things that can be done more specifically at the state level. You know, we do have a preemption law in the state of Indiana that really limits the city council or town council or county's officials from doing much related to, to gun control, but I think just standing behind our students and parents and teachers from a safety perspective and, and knowing that students must feel safe to be able to adequately learn um, is important to me. And so um, that's one of the reasons that I applied for that gun sense uh, distinction. And I'm, I'm honored to receive that. When you look at like um, platforms, uh, I, I, I think all candidates should have planks in their platform. Like these are the things I'd like to see done. Uh, have you thought about like the three, four things that you would like to kind of like immediately bring up to explore and maybe push through if you're elected into the city council? Yes, absolutely. So number one, and I know this is kind of a vague term, but smart investments is my number one priority. So what that looks like for me is supporting, you know, there's a lot of amazing things going on in Fishers because I moved here. Lots of people are moving here because it's a fantastic community. So one of my big priorities is to support the things that are going really well, like our um, public safety. I've met with Chief Gebhardt and Chief Arusa. They work hand in hand to make sure that our community is safe in a way that I think is unprecedented across the state. I am so proud of the work that they do and just to keep the Fishers community safe. Um, I recently attended a um, fire station opening in our district and it was just amazing. I met a a volunteer chaplain who responds with police and fire um, when there's a death. And I I just didn't know that that was even a a program, but we have so many caring people in the Fishers community and we need to continue to support our our public safety officers officers and our public servants. Um, So I want to continue to support that. I want to support our schools um, as much as I can as a city council member. Um, And that, you know, again, is my platform. I've been really talking to people at doors about the HSC referendum. Um, I do support economic development. Um, I think that our community is growing in in a way that is good. But again, I want to make sure that we're looking at that 2040 plan and making sure that our neighbor's input is considered. as we, you know, consider tra- like traffic, we have this, <laughs> they call it the roundabout of death, my neighbors <laughs> on Oleo, um, right by 69. And, and a lot of folks are concerned about that and how busy it gets at rush hour. And tra- so, you know, just trying to address real um, neighbor concerns on the city council is something that is important to me. Number two is inclusivity. So I believe that we have a diverse amount of people, different perspectives throughout our community, specifically in the Northeast District. And I want to make sure that their voices are heard and celebrated, whether that's helping them get appointed to boards, helping make sure that their, um, you know, cultural um, 
traditions are celebrated and heard because there are so many different folks across our community that live here that that contribute, that bring a lot of value. And I think that I really do believe that when we have diverse ideas represented and, and brought to the table and voiced, that we do get to the best policy for our community. So I want to celebrate those voices through po- proclamations, rec- resolutions, getting folks involved in our community that may have traditionally not been involved. And then number three really is is just being a direct line of communication to my neighbors. I have given out my personal cell phone and my email address, and it is not just an empty gesture. I really do believe that government works best when people can directly have a relationship with their elected officials, and I'm committed to that. And I think that that is how we have the best policy, best ideas brought to city council as we legislate. Um, And so... That's one thing I'm committed to doing is listening. I I plan to do quarterly town hall meetings. I'm going to send out recaps of the council meetings so my neighbors can stay engaged. And I know how hard it is with, you know, busy schedules with kids and, and activities and family and all the just, you know, daily grind that we all go through as humans. And so I want to make it as easy as possible for my neighbors to stay on top of what's going on in city government. That may even look like doing some videos or, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial, so social media is something I am interested in, in doing. And so for that, you know, happy to do a quick recap of the council meeting in a way that's meaningful and, and digestible for all folks in the Northeast District and in Fishers. When we talk about city government, you have to get to the nuts and bolts of, of, of what things uh, – are important to individual people. Now, your opponent is a Republican, the incumbent uh, Brad DeRemer, and he has clearly stated at a uh, recent city council meeting he is opposed to any move by the city to contract with one trash collection service to reduce costs uh, for residents and possibly for some of the HOAs, although it gets complicated with all those contracts. The city uh, could explore that, and the mayor has said he will give the city council uh, a roadmap as to how that would happen if the council wants to go that way. Uh, What is your view of the city awarding one trash collection contract? It's a great question. So, you know, certainly, like, I don't serve on the city council currently. However, I think that balanced government works best when we have, you know, we have a legislative branch, we have, you know, the mayor who, um, you know, oversees all of that. And so I think I think that Mayor Fadness has made some incredible, you know, recommendations. And I think that with um, a more balanced city government or city council that there can be some um, some more oversight on that um, particular issue related to trash service and one um, company getting the contract. Yeah, I think that it just there needs to be due diligence. I think there needs to be cost benefit analysis. If it is saving the the taxpayers money, that's a great benefit. But um, are we making sure that you know does that include recycling things that all of our community members um, value? And I mean, making sure that we're not just awarding um, the contract to somebody who, you know, as a as a favor, making sure that 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 company is the best company that can provide that service to fishers. So it's really, you know, kind of a cost benefit analysis that we would need to do um, as city council members. And I don't think it's necessarily a yes or no. I don't have all the information to, to say whether or not I would support that. But I think that there are just factors that would have to be considered when you're making that decision. And, and I would 
personally want to speak to my neighbors in the Northeast District to see how they feel about that personally and ask them to come forward for public comment. Um, Because again, it's not just my perspective or opinion when I'm voting. I really do believe that it's what my neighbors you know, care about and certainly realize that not everybody is going to agree. But I think hearing that input is really important as we make decisions for the city of Fishers. When you look at governments, and and it's funny that local government has started to take on kind of the traits of national government, much more political than it was probably 20 years ago. Uh, But when you look at you're on the city council. Have you thought about how you're going to find bridges between people who identify in different parties? You know, is 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 that bridge building, you know, something that you think that you'll be able to do? Absolutely. So I have a lot of experience in this. So um, you may know that I worked for uh, Secretary of State Connie Lawson um, as her business services attorney. And so I have worked, I mean, with Republicans and Democrats in that role and my role for the Humane Society, I work routinely with folks who do not agree with me and who do not like animals at the state house and even at the local level. I mean, you may be surprised to hear that. But I think that the biggest thing and, and what I strive to do in my my daily job and what I hope to do on the council is to find common ground. So I think as humans, we have a lot more in common than we than we may admit. And I think, you know, finding those connections is really how we work together and coexist as people. And so I am a bridge builder. I like to get to know people on a personal value or on a personal level and get to know what makes them tick. And then try to figure out how we can work together on behalf of the neighbors. Because at the end of the day, all of the folks on the city council, the mayor, everyone cares about fishers. Everyone loves fishers. And so how can we – we may have different opinions on certain policy issues or certain, you know, know, politically divisive issues. But, like, if we go back to it at the end of the day, what this is about, fishers and our community members, how we can maybe put some of those – opinions aside, work together because we know that it's going to benefit fishers and, and the community members who live there. And I, so that's that's what I really strive to, to do um, if I'm if and when I'm elected to the council is really just try to have civil conversations, show people respect. It kind of goes back to the golden rule in, in kindergarten. I think it's like, you know, you can agree to disagree and have productive conversations. I think that's the greatest thing I learned in law school is like we had to argue both sides of of an issue a lot of times. And I think sometimes you're not maybe given the issue that you want to argue. But I think at the end of the day, like there is a common place you can get to. And government and policymaking is all about compromise. And so I think that we have to, as leaders, come together and compromise and not be so hard-headed, but because we know that it will benefit the people who we serve. And that's what it's all about. You know, the city of Fishers has been very aggressive in development. You've referred to some of that. And for instance, there's a new city hall arts center. It's under construction just a block from where we are at the library recording this now. Uh, There's a new event center that's being built. There's a new community center that will break ground soon. So all these amenities are all online and and, and, and on the path to, to, uh, to coming to fruition. However, there's a price to pay for that because the city for many years has had a AAA 
bond rating for the uh, property tax-backed debt, the general obligation bonds. Now, the current credit rating is AA+, plus, which is not bad. Most, most cities who are in good shape have that. AAA was really a, a cut above what most – sometimes any city would have in, in, in the state. So it's not a, de- a bad debt rating, but uh, it, it is a downgrade. So looking at everything the city is doing for to make that community you talked about earlier, uh, how do you view the city's current debt situation? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, I think it's well and great to build new things that benefit our community members. However, we have to be fiscally responsible and do so in a way that does not, you know, affect the Fisher's community. And so I just think that, again, people who uh, live here should be coming forward and having an adequate opportunity to comment on these new amenities, because I think that, you know, also we don't have to do everything right away. Like we can maybe spread some of this out related to growth. Um, So we we can fund it in a way that is, is responsible for the taxpayers um, and just making sure that we we don't operate, you know, in a deficit. Um, I know that, you know, I think I've reviewed the mayor's budget and I, I approve of it. And I think that, you know, we're going in a good direction. But again, I just I want to make sure that there's an opportunity for folks to be able to give their input because it is their taxpayer money that's funding these really big projects. Um, and certainly I, I really am supportive of a, a new city hall. And, and I think these a lot of these amenities are things that we do need and that people want. But we just need to make sure that we're doing so in a way that is is fiscally responsible for this this community and, and makes sense and not just, again, growing for the sake of growing. I haven't done a ton of research. I just have seen two blurbs in the last couple of days talking about affordable housing in Hamilton County. And there was a stat that was thrown out in an article I read yesterday that said that there were 78 homes listed for over a million dollars, but only four homes that were listed for under $200,000. And they were talking about how it is becoming really difficult to find affordable housing in Hamilton County, which then affects the availability of workers in Hamilton County. And what are your thoughts on, you know, this affordable housing issue in Hamilton County? It's a great question. So when I've been talking to people at doors and just meeting people, especially in public service, I've found that there's a lot of people who work here in Fishers that don't necessarily live here. And I just think that it's unfortunate that the people who serve our community may not have the same opportunity to enjoy the amazing amenities that we have in this community. And so I do think that we need to work together with groups like HAND and other community organizations, the state, um, Indiana Community and Housing Development Authority, to find solutions for Fishers. Um, You know, I think, too, it's as just a point, not everyone can afford to buy a home. So um, making sure that there's um, accessible apartments um, for rentals, because I can tell you, like, as a younger person, like, as you try to establish your credit and, and you know, just ha- save up for a down payment, it's really expensive to, to live, even to pay rent. I think the average rent for, like, a one-bedroom apartment in Indiana is, like, between, like, 1100 and 1200 a month, which you think about what kind of a job supports that, you know, funding that rent or that mortgage payment. And so I just, I think that we need to be mindful of um, being an inclusive place, um, you know, and and working with those groups that are really committed to bringing, um, 
you know, uh, affordable housing to the community, but doing so again in a way that makes sense in a, in a organized way. You know, I think too, like we have so many, you know, new opportunities here near City Hall and just the downtown area is, is building up. And so what does that look like as we're working with developers um, um, and making sure that there's um, available options for people who want to live here or get started or come to this community um, because they're excited and they have a lot to give and offer. And again, like they're, that are already working here and serving our community. So I do think it's something that needs to be addressed and and um, in the coming years because, like you said, I think it's going to continue to be an issue as um, housing prices continue to rise and interest rates and inflation and. Um, it's definitely a conversation I think that will be top of mind for I'm sure the mayor and the city council. I would say the Fishers has done pretty well in the area of economic development, especially since I moved here in 1991. It was a much different place. Yet I've seen a lot of reporting in the national media that corporations now are demanding more and more incentives to locate in any particular area or city. How should Fishers handle such demands in the future if they come our way? It's a great question. So again, I think it all goes back to the people who live here and what they want and desire and giving them the opportunity to say, hey, I'd be interested in this type of business. I mean, I think what's super kind of interesting is that we don't have necessarily a movie theater in Fishers or a tattoo parlor. And so, you know, you think about these types of businesses and certainly like, you know, uh, there's probably a reason that those types of businesses have not located to Fishers. But I think that instead of just, you know, working on corporate incentives, that we are, again, thinking about what community members are interested in bringing to this community. You know, I think that Top Golf and Ikea are amazing, um, right? Like, those are great businesses. But, like, is that something – We it's a destination for a lot of people that come from Indianapolis or other places. And so I think, again – people who live in Fishers should be part of these conversations in, in, instead of just potentially like awarding money to a corporation or a business that wants to come here um, to make it like an attractive new shiny thing that we're, we're bringing businesses that our community members want as well because we're the ones who live here. We're the ones who pay taxes. Um, so that's something that's really important to me. Um, you know, when I'm elected to the city council. Well, our time's about up, so I'll give you a chance, as I do all candidates, give me a minute or two as to why voters in the Northeast District should vote for Samantha Chapman. Yes. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. So I would say the biggest reason that you should vote for me is that I'm an experienced attorney who really cares about the community. I love engaging with people and finding solutions to issues and problems that come up. And I'm, I'm a listener. I, I really strive to listen, um, to understand instead of just talking at people. I really believe that um, running for public office is about being a public servant. And it's, you know, I'm a first-time candidate, so I'm not like an experienced politician or anything like that. I really care. I have a full-time job. I am running this election um, as a second job. Basically, I spend my nights and my weekends knocking doors and writing postcards and going to events and talking to community members. And it's because I care. I wouldn't do it just because, you know, it's a lot. It's a huge time commitment. And so um, I 
want to bring that level, if, if not greater, when I'm elected. And I will. I I don't like to, to half do things. I, I'm always very much someone who makes it a very conscious effort to decide whether or not I'm going to say no thank you to an opportunity or a, I'm fully in. And for this race, I am fully in. And as your next council person, I will be fully in for you and the neighbors of the Northeast District. And that's why you should elect me as your next councilwoman. And Samantha Chapman is a candidate in the Northeast District uh, for Fisher City Council. Samantha Chapman, thank you for joining uh, Mike and myself today. Thank you, Larry and Mike. It was a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity.